Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Ambridge on the Couch, an in-depth look at the art. What now? <laughs> that was, that was I actually got. I actually got. <laughs> I got a. I got a good start for once, and, and, you've, and you've, I, you've spoiled it. I ruined it, my love. I'm sorry. <laughs> you did, yeah. Well, last Snickering. week, did you know that there was a huge gap between between? Yes. Yes. yes I don't know I did. how that yes. happened. Lots of things went well, wrong last I, week. Well, I, I have. I have. I have theories about what happened. <laughs> You keep to yourself. Nobody's interested in your theories. No, 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 no. I can no. imagine. Shall we? Shall we start again? Yeah, go on then. Right here we go. Now I'm sniggering. Welcome to Ambridge on the Couch, an in-depth look at the Archers. With stop it. Right. Welcome to Ambridge on the Couch, an in-depth look at the Archers with Executive Director Cooper. That's it. Just Cooper. The rest of us are incidental. Now, before we make a start on your emails, let's have a recap on what happened this week in Ambridge. We began the week at Paul Kenton's sickbed. I say Paul Kenton, not because he's stuck at Ambridge Hall, which sounds completely delightful with nice roast dinners, etc., but because he is laid up and cannot get away from David, who seems to show an interest in how much pain he is in that verges on the indecent. David decided to muck in by entirely abandoning the farm without consultation just before lamming to go and play at being a landlord. Having put his foot in the crisp box, blithely ignored the dishwasher, which he normally <laughs> refers to as mum, so he's not sure how it appears to be a sort of hot, wet, cupboardy thing, and had some jolly chats with Derek Fletcher, who laughed so much he fell off his chair, causing Jolene to think someone had been shot. Lillian was desperate to be rid of him, but no, he was helping. So there we are. It was at this point that I swear to God, Lillian, trying to make a point to David as he was being a pedant, said, tomato, tomato. Not tomato, tomato, but tomato, tomato. Did anyone else hear that? Did no one listening in the studio think, now that's odd. Why would Lillian just suddenly say tomato, tomato? Is she having a stroke? But no. And on we went. This was also a week of strange suggestions. Pip was understandably pissed off at having to rebuild fences while her dad was dicking about pouring pints over his own foot. So Ruth bewilderingly suggested she cheered herself up by discussing the death of her grandfather. Then Fallon and Alice, apparently what you need to do when your new relationship is being threatened by your addict status being discovered and disapproved of, is not talk to your boyfriend, or indeed his mother, but go and play mini golf with a policeman. It solves everything. I had no idea. And all mad things come in three, so the last loopy idea was kitten training. Apparently, Denise is running kitten training sessions with socialising. 
you can't train cats to be social. That's the whole point of cats. They sit on fences and go, and then try and scratch each other's eyes out. And don't all write in and tell me that your cats have all got pen friends and go on exchange trips, as I simply won't believe you. (laughs) If I had attempted to put Sybil in a box and inform her we were going to the vets to make some friends, she'd have had my arm off. And I know for a fact that Kerry Davis had a cat who was very much like Hilda Ogden, so he knows of what he writes. Mm-hmm. There were some very wearying and also slightly uncomfortable making jokes going on at Bridge Farm involving Tony pretending he'd fired Adam. Ha 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 ha. I wasn't entirely sure why. Because Clary and Susan had played a trick on him? Also, I'm not sure just fabricating an upsetting story counts as a practical joke. Isn't tying someone's shoelaces together so they fall over when they stand up more that sort of thing? This just felt like two middle-aged men in comfortable jobs ganging up on the zero-hours contracted workforce and was deeply unfunny. We went to the mini-golf, which went about as well as the bowling went with Helen, Adam and Ian. It's always a disaster when anyone leaves the village. It's like the prisoner. I don't know why they even try. Anyway, Harry was inappropriate, Harrison was offended and Alice told him he'd missed her hole. All in all, not a great evening. But if we thought that was bad, it was nothing on Valentine's Day. Lillian was smoking outside and making so much noise doing it, she sounded as if she was on the wrong end of an industrial suction pump. By this time, Kenton, like a Dalek, could finally do stairs, so was back at the ball surveying the almighty prick that David becomes the second he gets behind the bar. What else happened? Paul's grandma had a fall and was poorly. Denise said she was in the right place, which for one horrible minute I thought meant behind the bar at the bull, but it turned out is actually in hospital. I thought Harrison was surprised to see his mum outside work, but it turned out to be his boss. And I discovered that I much prefer drunk Tony to sober Tony. He also seemed to get significantly posher, which was interesting. I also discovered that I preferred drunk Harry to sober Harry too. Was I correct in thinking that he said piss? Well, there we are, coming into our village, saying piss, taking his shirt off, drunk driving and assaulting (laughs) little harassment. Get lost, Harry. We don't need you. We not only have our own irritating drunks, thank you, but our very own infuriating barmen too. The end. Yes. I have a theory, by the way. Yes, Harry's now colic. No. Well, I'm not not sure that's so much a theory anymore as a nailed-on certainty. But um, Really? No. uh, It wouldn't be that obvious, surely. Or maybe a drink problem, at least. Um, but maybe not being a full-blown alcoholic. But, no, my theory is about tomato, tomato. Ah, what is it? <clears throat> I think it might have been deliberate. Why? And, well, so t- tomato, tomato, tomato mm. means that two, you know, obviously means the two things are so similar as to as to not be worth mentioning or two, you know, slightly different, that's all. Yes. Uh, and tomato, tomato is a step beyond that, where actually the two things that you are comparing are entirely identical, which I think was the point that Lillian was making. I can't even remember what it was about now, but I think that was the point that Lillian was So it might have been deliberate, I think. Ah. Oh, I feel silly now. Well, no, I mean, I, your, your theory still... I've never heard water. anyone say it, though. Tomato, tomato. No, neither have I. What a stupid thing to did. say. Uh, are you a stupid person? Y- Write in and tell us if you say tomato tomato for no reason we're we're looking for we're looking for other stupid people (laughs) to to spend time with please so so do write in Uh, so no i think i think that might have been what it was but i know that public opinion is against me on that one (laughs) you've already decided that have you no i think so just having had a glance at twitter yes i think possibly yeah oh did other people notice it then 
Uh, I know Kerry Warbis did, for instance, yeah. Ah. yeah. She posted something about it, yeah. Ah, okay. Indeed. Ah, right. Okay. Well, she's a clever woman. She knows what she's on about, you see. So did she say this? Yes. Or did she say your theory? No, she no, she agreed with you, I think, that, Good uh, that somebody had, had dropped a ball somewhere. Yes, yes, yes. Ridiculous. Um, <laughs> uh, what else? Okay, so the, the Tony and Adam... Ha 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 ha! Yeah, was I felt like pulling all my own teeth out and throwing them at the radio. That, that was like just they—they they all need dunking in a river or something. Yeah, just ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous, ridiculous, and and also nasty and horrible. Yeah, and completely out of character. What the hell, Tony? Practical jokes, Adam. Practical <laughs> jokes, for goodness' sake. But if you if you haven't huh? got a sense of humour, you kind well, of um. You know, you. Oh, I see what you're saying. So, if practical jokes are your, yeah, are your that, go-to, if that, you don't actually you, have a sense of humor, it's a bit like some. It's like a toddler watching someone smile and copying it, and mm-hmm. thinking, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, this is what you do when you say hello. This yeah. is, you know, yeah. and, and and so if you know, I know this is supposed to be funny, therefore I'm going to do it because I actually have no mm. sense of humor myself. But well, except it was it was a shit practical joke. First it, of all, it wasn't it wasn't actually at, at uh, um, Clary and Susan's expense per se. Yeah, and and it's supposed um, to be a practical joke. It's supposed to be a, you know, not misleading someone isn't a practical joke. It's just no, no, telling them their dogs died isn't yeah. uh, isn't a practical joke. <laughs> not really. <laughs> just stop crying. Just now. kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean they they hadn't done anything. They'd pulled his. They'd pulled Adam's leg a little bit. Um, and then and then he got the he got the sack. Um, and yeah, I mean, if that had been me, I'd have thought, well, that's a massive overreaction from Tony, but it's not my problem. <laughs> you know, I mean, they'd Blimey. done nothing. They had done nothing to earn Adam the sack. It was completely. I mean, I even thought as it was happening, oh come on, this can't possibly actually be happening. Yeah. Um, and I was a bit disappointed that that Clary and Susan fell for it, really. Yeah. I say fell for it. I mean, just, you know, I think they were they were probably as puzzled as everybody else <laughs> <coughs> in terms well, of, you know, what, what, the hell, what the hell is this? Hang on one sec. Mm, exactly. I think the difference is there, though, that you, you're a company man and they work and live in the same village full of people they're related to. So I think probably somebody being fired is a slightly bigger deal for them mm. than it is for you, maybe. But this, so that that brings me on to something I've been thinking about this week, and in fact, something you kind of alluded to uh, in in your um, in in your in your bit, you know. Um, so two people, uh, Helen has gone on holiday, mm. and Kenton is uh, is injured. Yeah, and the entire village has gone to shit. <laughs> Everybody, everybody's doing four jobs all of a sudden. Uh, yes. Nobody's got time for anything. The yeah. lambs are probably dying in the fields as we speak. Um, I, it's just, it's bizarre. Yeah. Is, the, is, the, is the, the resourcing in the village that tightly stretched that they cannot cope with the most basic <laughs> absences? I mean, Helen doesn't do anything anyway, for Christ's sake. How is this, how is she, this turned into a disaster? Saying. I'm, I'll be in the office doing marketing, she says, yes, and just sobs exactly. off, doesn't she? So it's yeah. not like she's a huge boon to anybody. Um, 
No. No, and I, Kenton, Kenton mostly does what, what Dave was doing this week, yes. which is you know, leaning on the bar and, and Being chatting irritating. to his locals. Yeah, yeah. I did so I'm not quite sure those... how he's turned into full-blown village HR catastrophe. Well, there is something, if you want to get sort of um, real about it, uh, not, there not is really, but a go massive. On. There is a massive labour shortage in both the casual agricultural market and uh, uh, hospitality, because yes. since Brexit, we've lost a huge chunk of the workforce, and you yeah. know people can't fill jobs. My sister works in hospitality, and they just can't. They, people say, "Oh, just get a temp in," and she just laughs heartily because <laughs> there isn't yeah. anybody. Um, no, so that could be right. Well, what? Except Maybe. that you've you essentially all you've 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 dropped about one and a half percent of the village workforce. <laughs> it really oughtn't to be a problem. I could understand if you'd gone from you know being being stretched but managing. Yeah. So because up, up until now, you know things just have been ticking over more or less. So you've gone from being stretched to managing, and then you lose fifteen members of the cast, <laughs> and then you've got problems, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, but if you lose one and a half, <laughs> not so much. It was yes, it uh, uh, that was slightly ridiculous, and also, I mean, the fact that David didn't even ask Ruth and Pip. Dave, Dave didn't even Dave, ask Dave Ruth and Pip if if he could go and play about it being a bum, and he just said, "No, I'll do it." And uh, yeah. you know, he's any he's desperate to get off the farm. He did it with Elizabeth as well. He couldn't wait to go and mm. yeah. wander around with a clipboard at Lower Loxley. Probably because it's yeah. the only time he gets to not wear wellies, so he quite likes it. Maybe he's wearing wellies behind the bar. Who knows? But oh, I should I should be at all surprised. <laughs> but uh, it was just uh, well, we have people have said things about this. Rachel oh, okay. Hearn said, uh, "Actually, this mm, no, I'm not going to do Rachel Hearn yet, which will annoy her for reasons I will explain shortly. <laughs> um, I'm going to do oh Richard Keeling talking about the practical jokes. He said." I have been listening to The Archers. I can always tell when it's going to be a cross one because it's one full, it's one big <laughs> paragraph. There's no paragraph breaks. You can always tell. If there's lots of capitals as well, that's always a bad sign. <laughs> I've been listening to The Archers for roughly eight years, he says. In that time, I've never missed an episode. Yes, even the monologue era. My God, Oof. brave man. Yet Monday was wow. the first time I considered skipping an episode. The synopsis on my podcast app was Revenge is Sweet for Adam. I knew exactly what was to come. Uh, yeah. The Bridge yeah. Farm practical joke storyline. It made my skin crawl. Tony the Tank Engine and Adam Eeyore Macy are the most unlikely characters to even <laughs> consider a practical joke, let alone actually pull one off successfully. Exactly. Vince, I could see doing a practical joke. I bet Paul is all over April Fool's Day. Kenton I was and David, just about to say Paul. Yep, yep. have some decent banter. But Adam and Tony, they're the least funny characters. And did anyone even care if Adam yes. was sacked or not? No. What no. is the point of the storyline? And why did it take up most of Monday? I don't understand yes. how we can go from the cracking week of Kenton's assaults to this in a blink of an eye. Last time I wrote in and complained about nothing happening, the cliffhanger that week was Brian Avers' suspected heart attack. Here's hoping Oof. this dribble is the calm before the storm again. Well, yes, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind Tony being, you know, ha having down a medical emergency. Yeah, have exactly, yes, having a medical emergency. Although I think he's going to have a medical emergency tomorrow morning when he wakes up. I honest. think that they should actively encourage Tony to become an alcoholic because he's so much nicer <laughs> drunk than he is no. sober. 
no, no he was even more Frank Spencer. No, but he still he was just he was sweet. He wasn't grumpy and annoying. He was just giggling away at himself, trying to pay with his bus pass, and it was quite sweet. I thought. Well, yeah, yeah, okay. Considering how earnest yeah. and annoying, wet he normally is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, I I agree. I will take drunk Tony over sober Tony, but he's a very very low bar. <laughs> Um, Richard said something um, uh, Yeah, Richard reminded me of So um, Adam was only in the dairy as a favour anyway, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah So he wasn't actually getting sacked from anything at all? No, no, no Oh, uh, no, he does work for, okay Just getting sacked from from Bridge Farm in general Yeah Um, Yeah, I do think though I'm going to sound like Alan Bennett now in... um, in uh, but, uh, you know that thing that I like uh, where he's the vicar um, when he says you know life's a little bit like that isn't it because <laughs> he um, beyond the fringe that's what I meant uh, life is that you do go from high drama to you know the washing machine exploding it, it leaking it, and it, it does all happen in one week. You don't have a week where it's all drama and then it's all nothing. It's just a, a combination of all of it all the time, I think. Well, except that we're, I su- we're supposed to be getting the highlights, really, aren't we? Yes. From you yes. Know, the week. In the, that was bearing a low in mind light, there are, wasn't it? Yes, there are mm. 180-odd hours of... Mm. Um, no, okay, not quite. Anyway, there are a lot of hours a week happening in Ambridge <laughs> that we don't hear about. Uh, we get, yeah, you know, get we get half a percent of what happens in Ambridge, yeah. give or take. So, c- could we not just have the good bits? <laughs> Least they could do is let us yes. listen to the good bits where something exactly. happens. Yeah. Yes, right. Yeah. Um, uh, Harry, what did we, have you changed your opinion on Harry? Uh. Because no, you no, suspected sure have, he might actually. actually be all right, but we were being misled. <clears throat> yeah, so um, I did feel for him with... We need to talk about that whole um, uh, Harrison and Fallon, Fallon. Yeah, yeah. thing anyway, because yeah. there's stuff in there that I didn't know yeah. um, and I have questions about. Okay. But I, re- I did feel for Harry at the... By the way, so where's this mini golf? <laughs> It's in in Borchester. It's in Borchester. Yeah. You see, it confused the hell out of me because I, and actually thinking about it now, you know, this is entirely my fault. Um, I'd assumed it was outside. It was outdoors. Right. And I spent spent a good half of that episode mentally complaining about the editing. (laughs) Because they all sounded like they were indoors. Yes. Exactly, yes. They were. And then I... And then realised, oh no, hang on a second, it's not outdoors at all because it's February, um, yes. and it's the evening. So clearly, it's one of those glow golf. Yes, yes, things, isn't it? yes. So, um, uh, but so yes, when he when he asked when he dropped himself in it with Harrison, mm. um, and he he did sort of say afterwards uh, when he was talking to Alice about it, hey, what did he say? I was I was gabbling, or I was. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, something uh, yeah. might not have been gabbling, but something along those lines. And I thought, ah, there, but for the grace of God, go I, because you know he was nervous about meeting Alice's friends, mm. um, just trying to f- 
fill the conversation, you know. And God, the number of times I've done things like that. I mean, not that specifically, thank God. But, mm. You know, said things that I've then subsequently woken up the next morning or later in the evening gone, oh, oh, oh you know. Oh, you, but we all have, just, but... It's just yes, but he recognised it, and he yeah. and he apologised to us. He says, no, yeah. "I'm really sorry. I didn't mean any of that. I was just gabbling. I'm so sorry, yeah. you know." And I thought, "Yeah, okay, I'll I'll buy that. I think that's, that's okay. quite self-aware and and actually quite human." I think the trouble was because the issue was unresolved for harassment. It was resolved as far as Fallon was concerned. Except you just never ever say to a woman, "Are you pregnant?" Ever, ever, ever. But anyway, no. Um, no. Uh, no, but but the, the the as 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 uh, Fallon recognised, the issue was more unresolved when, with harassment than she had realised. So that's why she, that's why he. So they suddenly became dis- quite tricky. They've discussed this on the show, presumably. Yes, yes. In, in years gone yep, by. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why doesn't Fallon want children? She just doesn't. It's not interested right, in them. Fair enough. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good. It's got other things she wants um, to do. Um. And I mean, it sounds like actually, they just rehashed a conversation they must have had in the past mm-hmm. but she Harrison thought he said, was well, okay yes, with I would it quite but like children yeah she thought he was okay with it but his reaction made her think oh maybe he's not quite as okay with yeah. it as i suspected but I, I, I think do we think he is i think he is his 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 explanation was quite if uh, anything convincing. happened to his marriage with fallon i think that would be if 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 they drifted That'd apart. That'd be a real in, shame, eh? Yeah, Alan being single. <laughs> if anything happened, I thought he was quite nice when he arrested Harry. Did Come on, that <laughs> I didn't want to have to do this because yeah. <laughs> you're going to wee on my back seat, aren't you? And I've only just got the smell out from the last one. Um, I think. Uh, um, yeah, I've forgotten what I think. I don't know what to think. Don't know. It's all gone. Uh, mm, never mind. Um, but oh, you said if anything happened to his yes, marriage, if, with, if their oh, relationship yes. with if his relationship with Fallon started to go a bit flaky, mm-hmm. I think, and he met someone else, yeah. he would then suddenly decide. Oh, actually, d- what I've been missing all my life is is uh, is children. Yeah. And he's one of those guys that would, when they're 52, meet. So I don't know why I specified 52. <laughs> mm, I see. <laughs> meet someone else mm-hmm. much younger. And then, mm-hmm. you know, and then two months later, she's pregnant, sort of thing. And uh, yeah, I, I, I could absolutely foresee that with harassment. How old are they, by the way? Do we know? Oh, I never know. know. I don't even like thinking about it because it upsets me. Really? Why? Well, because I don't like thinking of them getting old, because then they're going to die and things. Well, Fallon and, I mean... No, anybody. Anybody with, on the Archers. With the best of like the world. <laughs> I fully expect that we will be cold and in the ground long before Harrison and Fallon. Yeah, but I don't like thinking about that either, so I just don't like thinking about any of it. No, OK. All right. Time passing. Don't yes, like Yes, all it. right. Uh, I... Um, yeah, I, I, I bought his explanation to Fallon, and he... And I do think that he is happy, happy with. If he has to choose between her and children, he would choose her every time. Yeah, and that's fair enough. Um, but well, he however, said he said we picked us, didn't he? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But is it coincidence then mm-hmm. that a new character has come into his life this very week? 
what, mum? Yes, exactly, yes. She sounds a lot older than him. Uh, I looked up the actress. Oh, did you? Uh, and she, I wouldn't say she is. I'd oh. say she's early 40s. Right. Mm. Mm. No, I can't see it. She's only so, in there, I think. She's been in it before, um, but she's only in oh, there right. to, to, to update us on the total lack of progress with finding the... Oh, Cradley Heath, apparently. Cradley Heath. Thank you, Ray Beddo. Cradley Heath, gangster. Yes. Oh, yeah. Mm. Did anybody say anything different? Me, I said Cradley. Did you? Yes. Oh, I didn't notice that. Mm. Ah, you missed a chance to correct um, me, Jeffy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know if I... I mean, now you say Cradley Heath, I know it's Cradley Heath, but mm. I I mean, I, I clearly didn't notice it before. So no. I'm not sure I'd have... Uh, no. I don't think I'd noticed anyway. No. Um, uh so um yes harry uh and his again his his guy is you know f obviously had far too much to drink and making a tit of himself uh and getting a bit um a bit larry a bit bolshy um but again you know who amongst us mm -hmm. um has not taken uh, their shirt off and had a waz in front of a group of people in a bar me, for one, I have not done that. I do not wish yeah, to know no, that no. you have. Me neither. No. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, who'd do such a thing? <laughs> no. Uh, but um, it was quite, I thought it was, you know, I do, obviously, I, I no way condone that behavior, but I have seen it and... <laughs> and I, disproved oh. heartily. But... Oh, I did. I completely disapproved, but nonetheless, I thought it was, it was, it was uh, yes. quite endearing. Yeah, but all, but it's very tricky because anything to do with booze when you're going out with an alcoholic yeah. becomes emotionally loaded. Exactly, and yeah. that's why it's going yeah. to be problematic. Also, yes. I've just remembered what I wanted to say, and um, uh, Richard Keeling talking about why, 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 why this ridiculous thing with um, uh, with with. Uh, Clary and Susan and everything everybody on Twitter Richard which he's on so I'm sure he knows this so I'm probably preaching to the choir but anyway um, said this is going to somehow come back and bite them on the arse and uh, somebody's going what, to what's going to come back and bite um, that Clary and Susan are going to make a complaint or something like that and talk about you know that they would felt stressed or humiliated or embarrassed or something by uh, Tony and Adam's behaviour and it will all come back and get nasty for them somehow. I can't imagine those two triggering something like that, but perhaps somebody else will hear about mm, it. And, yes, yes. And sort of, um, you know, chaperone them into it. Yes. Possibly. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. Right. This is from uh, Steve Barry, who has headed it, Dear Lord Above, so you can tell what sort of a week he's been having. <laughs> Firstly, is Harry a wrong one? I'm with Jeff, to be honest, and I'm not sure whether he's just a patronising little twerp or he's actually bad. I'm not sure if anyone has suggested this, but does he have an addiction problem himself? This would explain his mother's concerns about him getting together with someone who has similar issues. Yes, I, I thought that. And lots of people have said, ah, painkiller addiction, blah, blah, blah. Secondly, Hilda. I'm going to split this into two parts. Firstly, Hilda is Peggy's cat and is therefore Peggy's problem. Secondly, 
Am I the only person who thought that the cat was about to crap like the cat in the crypt into Tony's brand flakes? Other series are available in last week's episode. <laughs> Thirdly, Kenton, probably best summed up by the initials FFS. My job might skew my opinions on this, but if you are in a hospital bed and they have, and they have not asked you to leave, as we all know, they are currently very difficult to get into. And if, as a relatively young man with a supportive family, they are not carrying your bags to the door for you, I suggest you stay in the bed until they tell you otherwise. Lastly, I struggle to understand how Jeff could discuss great music of our time for the black country and not mention Robert Plant, born in West Bromwich and brought up in Hales Owen. Uh, yes, yes, so cool, Jeff. And I realised, I realised, well, I realised I had also omitted the Mighty Lemon, the Mighty Lemon Drops. Ah. Uh. Also, another black country band mm. that I'd forgotten. But I was, in my defence, I was specifically talking about Stourbridge. Okay. Yes. So, um, and neither Robert Plant nor the Mighty Lemon Drops were from Stourbridge, I don't think. Or maybe this Mighty Lemon Drops might have been, actually. But Robert Plant, definitely not. And neither was, oh, a Slade, also, I think, Black Country Band. Oh. Uh, yeah. Ray Beddo says, I would like to point out that not all Black Country folk are thuggish, murdering arsonists. And if you mention it again, I'll come round and burn your house down. <laughs> By the way, you had a good stab at defining the location of the black country, but you did make the mistake, as most oh, from outside of the region do, that the black country and Birmingham are one and the same. We are most definitely not calling a black country man a brummy is akin to saying Newcastle and Sunderland folk are the same because they're all Geordies. Anyway, we might not have the scene with the Lake District, but the locals are the friendliest, most warm-hearted people in the country. And yes, I'm proud to be one of them. All the best. Ray from Cradley Heath. He said, I mentioned... Yeah. Uh, Cradley Heath a couple of times last week's episode, but I don't remember it being mentioned in the Archers. No, it wasn't. I just used it in a sketch. Can I just put in the, in the monologue? Can I just point out that it's pronounced Cradley, not Cradley, as per the spelling? Bit pedantic, I know, but you don't want to upset the locals. You never know what they might do, he says. No, quite, yes. Thank you, Ray. I don't, rem I don't, remem I don't remember saying that the black country was in Birmingham. It was probably uh, me. Or more likely, well, let's blame Harriet. She's skiing. Perhaps so. we Im implied it. Yes, yes. no, Harriet. Yeah. Goodness me. Yeah. Harriet, Harriet again. Harriet, you uh, brain. Cool. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Harriet uh, is back next week, and she messaged me this morning to say nobody yes, had broken anything. Pleased to know, listeners. <laughs> she said nobody had broken anything, but they had all had a nasty stomach upset which she oh, described as no. heading down the green run. So, no. <laughs> so I that don't... happens. The, the blessing that happened yes, some holiday did. 18 months yes. ago as well, didn't yes. they? They all got. Yes, I the, don't know. The galloping. Trots, yeah. Yes. yes. Backyard yeah, gallops. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now. <laughs> the sour, what is it? The sour apple quick step. Ooh. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, oh, dear. We've got a bit of a, Yes. What about a trigger warning on this on this episode? Um, this is from Steve Parrott about split stitches because of Kenton leaping around behind oh, yeah, the bar and yeah, splitting everything God. open. Was He's, that really this week? It seems no, like it was forever. the back end of last week. <laughs> Those of a sensitive disposition may wish to look away. He says the talk of Kenton doing something silly and splitting his stitches took me back to the time I had my vasectomy. Nothing vigorous for a while was the post snip advice. Four <laughs> days later, I was doing an it's a knockout. And I didn't want to miss it. The inevitable oh, happened. Steve. There was blood. One of my Steve. teammates was of a nervous disposition and very nearly fainted. What larks, oh, Pip? Steve. Says. Steve, Steve, Steve. Oh, my God. It's a knockout, really? Yeah. 
That's that's he's aging himself there, isn't he? Because he's a cock out here for about thirty years. Yes. Um, Now, one of these days, I will tell the listeners my vasectomy story. Yes, but not now, though. Absolute cork. (laughs) If anyone writes in and says they want to hear Jeff's vasectomy story, I will hunt you down and kill you. Just hashtag, hashtag, (laughs) hashtag, team Jeff's vasectomy story. Let's get it. Let's get it trending, people. No. Oh God, Graham Watson has written in, uh, heading his email. Bloody Alison fucking Hammond. Hello, both. I've just been catching up with last week's podcast. The sketch was sublime. I spat out my coffee on the train. Your reference to Alison Hammond amused oh, me greatly yes, okay. until Matt's Pulp Fiction. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Play out was rudely cut off after only a few bars by a bloody kitchen advert featuring Alison Hammond. No. Yes, it was for Wren Kitchens because I heard it as well. It's wow, yeah. as she says. So, as a request, please can we have a reprise of Archer's Pulp Fiction so I can imagine Pip in her Uma Thurman outfit and laugh at just how bad the dancing would be? Uh, yes, of course. I'm very sorry about that. It was a bit of a technical. Uh, yes snafu last week wasn't it so um it will be play we will be playing matt's uh pulp fiction tribute uh, at the end of today's show um he well, also wants to re- we, we hope so yes well, see, we, we think we? we're going to um <laughs> uh he says uh that it, he's also pleading for a hats i've known reprise um on the newbie front, I recently introduced my fabulous colleague, Anita Yena Small, to the podcast. Can you give Hello, her a shout out Anita as a newcomer? Note, she even reads Farmers Weekly. I don't, and I live on a farm. Huh. Yeah. Anita Yena Small doesn't sound uh, British. No, it sounds it's Scandinavian. Scandi. She's wearing a nice jumper. Probably. Okay. Well, I um, that's uh, I think that makes it all the more remarkable, really, that she's um, chosen to to listen to the arts. Yes, good luck is all I can say. Good luck, good luck, and especially good luck uh, listening to us, Anita, and welcome to the circus. Um, right, uh, Matt Rodriguez Payne wants to know why why Ruth's his music pronounced... wasn't played last week. Yeah, well, that, but also why Ruth's pronunciation of Gables sounded like she was impersonating a Geordie. <laughs> Gibbles. I didn't notice that. <laughs> Gibbles, she went. It was very, very forced, even for her. Oh. Mm. No, I didn't notice that. Um, now, we, there's a bit of sibling rivalry going on, which is appropriate, bearing in mind the Tony's rant this evening about... Um, you should all love each other. And... <laughs> <laughs> 
Everybody's just be lovely all the time. I miss Jeremy it actually, Darling. It, it actually took me a minute or two to realise that he was that they were he was being drunk. You know, I just I don't know what I thought was going on, but I didn't realise that was it. <laughs> he was having some sort of fit. Um, yes. So stroke possibly. Charlotte and her sister Rachel were in a competition to see who could email us first. Oh yeah. And I had one email from Rachel Hearn. That's 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 a that's a bit like the who was the earliest the yes, drinker. The longest drinker. Rachel Hearn yes. had an email busy pub since when uh sent at twelfth of February twenty one fifty eight and Charlotte mm. sent it twelfth of February twenty one forty nine. So I'm oh. afraid Charlotte pipped. She said and hers is headed trying to get an email to you before my sister. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, oh, that's cheating! I, so I think that really. yes, I think that might have to be disqualified uh, on on the basis of not having any actual content. Or does it have content? It does well? have content. Oh, she okay, says, uh, "We love your podcast, and each week we delight in messaging each other things which might come up in average on the couch. Mm-hmm. Te- no, mm-hmm. don't message each other. Message us, and then we can use them. You see, it's no point you coming up with good ideas just between you." Yes, send them directly to us. Um, mm. It's our treat on yeah, a Sunday. We can pass to... them off as our own. Absol- well, that's, yes, that's what I mean. It's our treat on a yes. Sunday to plug in the AirPods and listen to you both laughing away. Uh, love you, Rachel, she says. Well, yes, it's probably too late now. You've pissed her right off, Charlotte. So that's, you know, <laughs> bang goes your Christmas card. Um, Rachel says, my sister and I are confused. Since when did the ball become the epicentre of Borchester's social life? As far as we're aware, yeah. the pub is in financial dire straits and they're constantly yeah. thinking up ways of enticing customers in, especially in dry January. And now the punters are flocking, maybe to catch a glimpse of the glamorous Jolene. Yes, and to set the dog on her. Ah, oh, the Archer's plotline inconsistencies. Our family has been listening since the early 90s when our dad didn't replace our broken TV. <laughs> I love Needs the fact all that, that. <laughs> someone's <laughs> committed their entire lives Committed yeah, 20 yeah. years of their lives to listening to a program that they and they only started because the TV broke. <laughs> ah, well, welcome aboard, Rachel and Charlotte. It's very nice um, to hear from you. And um, yes, any good ideas, send them our way. Um, right. This is from Kate Renders. Oh, yes. Uh, I'm sorry. I, this, um, just to talk about uh, the ball there. It is... Uh, obviously, it's a, it's a Kenton storyline, Kenton and Jolene storyline. So, so obviously, you know, we're, we're seeing a lot of the ball, but it is really, it's quite, it, it's quite odd, and I have noticed it because for about the first, I would say, the first year or two that I was listening, um, Kenton and Jolene and the ball hardly featured at all. Really? Yeah. It's really only been in the last year or so that there has been... So starting with Bert Fry carking it, I think, um, there's been a lot more going on in the bull. But for a year or two there, there was hardly anything. Other listeners may or may not have noticed, but I did notice because, um, because, to, because that was when I started. And so uh, for me... The bull was was completely peripheral um, until it wasn't, and then so I, yeah, that's that's why I noticed is because when they started running storylines in the bull again, um, you thought, I, where the hell are we? I thought, yes, I thought, wow, where does this come from? Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to put you on a pause again because um, the executive director needs a wee. Oh, does he? Hang on one sec. Sorry, that was like an Austin Powers wee. <laughs> <laughs> the vet that gave gave him an anti thingy me bob, and it makes them wee a lot. So yes, he had to go out and. That'll be a restless night tonight. Then it will. 
smashing. Uh, now, talking of uh, doggos and the pub, as we sort of were, uh, this is from Kate, mum of baby Molly, who is not a baby baby. Who is not a baby anymore, but a crazy nineteen-month-old toddler. Ooh, good luck, Kate. Anyway, jokes. Yeah, um, uh, she said, I thought I'd message him with my hot take on why Kenton was attacked by the dog. And I completely agree with Harriet. When Kenton was in the pub announcing the longest drinker, he shouted at the baddies and whistled at them yep. to shut up as if they were dogs. Yep. I distinctly remember him whistling a few times because I too detest being whistled at. And I remember thinking Kenton was rude, which is what stuck in my mind. So then I think they responded in a dog attack as a direct result of this whistling and perceived disrespect from Kenton. I obviously think a dog attack in response to this is completely outrageous and disproportionate, but this is my view on why they sought revenge. This dog attack really was completely terrifying. And I actually welled up and had my hand over my mouth the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I disagree because yes, me too. you could hear the panic in the man's voice when the dog got loose. Yeah. So he wouldn't yeah. have done that if it had been intentional. No, I think I also think and he and I as as much of a wrong as he obviously is, I believed him when he said to Jolene that the dog had got you know, had got off the had got off the lead and yeah. the dog got away from him. Yeah. Um nonetheless, uh the the bit about um, Kenton, the way Kenton was speaking, I think we discussed it last week as well. Um, it was absolutely bang on. He was he was noticeably, uh, yeah. I mean, I talked about pub landlords. Pub landlords, I have known, um, and uh, yeah, there was it was way out of order the way he was speaking to people. Yeah. Um, uh, and yes, but yes, I don't think it, it caused the the dog attack. Um. Now. Ooh, okay. This is um, uh, from uh, Isabel Hughes uh, about um, the, uh, oh, the joy, her, jo you know, everyone's got theories about joy. Yes. Okay. She says... Oh dear, is this, is this going to be sad? Yes. Oh. Uh, Rochelle was isolated from joy by her abusive partner and then he killed her. When Joy was trying to make sense Ugh. of what had happened, she came across Helen and Rob's story. There were so many similarities with what had happened to Rochelle that Joy felt compelled to see Helen and her family up close as so she moved to Ambridge. She cozied up to Tony first, reeling him in with her classic car, then befriended Helen and the boys. Ta-da! My case closure rate is far better than Harrison's. Isabel Cooper's case closure rate is better than Harrison's. Thought you might like to know that what the hell is happening here in my version of Harriet's version of Clary's voice has become a core expression in my small team at work. None of my co-workers <laughs> have asked why we have to say it in that particular way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. <laughs> oh, that's great. What the hell I is like that. Yeah. Um, and this is from Alison McNabb, who says, I was responsible, much to my surprise, for the credit switching from Cooper to Matt. I remarked on Twitter oh. that it seemed a shame that Cooper got mentioned in the credits rather than Matt when the latter created brilliant end of podcast music every week and the former didn't appear to add anything to the podcast other than <gasps> being occasional Foley artist. However, uh, well, yeah, okay. he's yeah. very photogenic <laughs> and I'm sure he will add appeal to the forthcoming Instagram account. I also outed Michael Gorman as being a librarian superhero guru. Every Friday evening, I think I must... <laughs> oh, I meant to email Ambridge on the couch and realise I forgot. Um oh. 
She said... Uh, oh, do you remember this week, at least? Yes, and she said she's been listening to older episodes and I've heard both Harriet and Lucy enthuse about Twitter on several occasions and I've heard Jeff having a stab at explaining something, although he oh, does so yeah, much less yeah, frequently. Yeah. I suppose as artists, you are allowed to be fickle. However, I would thoroughly recommend the earlier episodes to anyone who needs cheering up. Alison, who is a reluctantly retired librarian, a greyhound owner, and a churchgoer who gets profoundly irritated by the Church of England storylines. Oh, really? Mm. I wonder why. Well, because they're probably not accurate. Yes, but I mean, yeah, okay. But more specifically, tell us more about that. Tell us more. Um, Right, now, do you remember last week's What the Hell is Happening Here? Uh, I remember sniggering all the way through it. What was it? It was... Hang on, I'm just trying to... Because James Everett's... Oh, it was... It was... Um, uh, um, Jolie... Well, it was Eddie going, boobs. Yes, <laughs> right, yes, yeah, exactly. Yes. Mm. Go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Apparently, it was from Valentine's 2014, 10 years ago. Jolene thought, Only 10 years ago. Jolene thought Kenton's Valentine's Day meal was a bit dull, so to spice things up, she held another event at the Bull, a singles night in the Bull upstairs, trying to attract a younger market. Harrison's girlfriend, Justine, left him halfway through the meal to spend Valentine's with her ex. Harrison went on to join the singles night after some persuasion from Jazza and then got with Melanie, who Jazza was hoping to make a move on. Oh, that happened. Did we hear Melanie? Was she was she a, a, a talking I can't remember. Character? I don't think we did. Okay. No, I don't think we heard Justine or Melanie. I think it was all you know, it was all sort of uh, recorded speech. Literally. Um, Does you said you said that happens a lot to Jazza. Because when I as I started listening, um Trazza had just become if I think it was that new year that they bunked up in the cricket. Yeah, because before he fancied and, Hannah. He really fancied oh, Hannah, right. no, he, and she talking about got off with the other Tom day, yes. yeah. instead. And oh, really? uh, was it Tom or was it no Johnny? It can't have been Tom. Johnny then. Yeah, Johnny would make sense. Yeah, and uh, so poor Jazz has got a bit of uh, track record for kind of getting fancying people and then watching them wander off with other people. Yeah. Oh. Well, thank goodness he's yes. He's finally it's all right now. Yes. Exactly. Um, yes. so we're going to have a bit of this. What the is happening? happening? What the hell is happening here? <laughs> sorry, sorry, Harriet, sorry. It's a kind of psychopathic behaviour. What? Well, you quite often find it in criminals when they have absolutely no conception of the damage they're doing. Is that supposed to be some kind of excuse for him? What? No, no. Oh, now, please not. just spare me your insights into the criminal mind. Well, I just. No, I don't that... care why he's like that, okay? I just want to find out where he's holed up and wipe that smarmy, ingratiating hell? smile off his face and knock his perfect teeth out. Alan! I want to punch him to the floor, kick him when he's down. Shh, Alan, you're awake, Amy. And I shouldn't be feeling like this. I'm. I'm a man of God. I'm a peacemaker. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. No, it's not okay. I shouldn't be like this. I know what, what that one is. What the hell indeed? I've got no idea. That was Alan's daughter, Amy. Hang on, hang on, hang on. What? You're not supposed to. Oh, sorry. This is, this, you're not supposed to. Okay. Can everyone please write in 
So the no, can everybody say, can everybody stop listening for thirty seconds while Lucy tells me what was going on? Okay. So just put your fingers in your ears now, listeners. Go la, 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 la. So they whisper, then they won't be able to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's perfect. Yeah. So Amy was going out with the bloke. No, no, you can't. You can't. Okay. You well, anyway, like, I assumed Amy, Amy was was a child because they were worried about waking her up. No, it's because they were talking about her boyfriend. Uh, now, no, no, you've said it. Oh. Yes, I know. I've completely given it away now. Oh, <sighs> we sound like Chelsea. Mm. Um, yeah. Mm. Do, uh, now, this is a sad one. It's a Valentine's Another Day one, one that James Everett sent in. Another one. This is a bonus one for Valentine's Day. You ready? Oh, I see. Another, okay, yeah. Ready? On. Shall I tell you what it is before so that you can be no, suitably... No, don't tell anybody okay. what anything no, is. No, you don't Stop have to guess this people. one. This is, just a, this is just a sad one. Oh, all right. He said it was... Uh, oh, no, he said read after no, no, clip. just play it. So I will. Yes, yeah, don't, just play I will it. follow destructions, okay. Yes. Here we are. Come in. Thank you. Oh, what a lovely day we've had. Phil's got his music on. What's the betting he's having a nap? Oh, lovely and warm. Put the kettle on, can you, Chris? Right. Oh, yes. A cup of tea would be lovely. I'll just see if Phil would like a cup. Oh, dear. There you are. You've already had a cup, I see, Phil. Oh, dear. Phil? Oh. Jill? Oh no. Phil. Oh. No, Phil. Blimey, well, at least James warned us this time. Are you all right? Oh, I'm a bit sad now. <laughs> well, listen, wait for this then. On Valentine's Day, a few days after Jill found the card Phil had written, to my wife on Valentine's Day, you bring me sunshine every day all my life. Well. Mm. <coughs> Thank Thanks, you, James. James. God. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, if anybody if anybody knows what that music was that was playing, please uh, let me know because it was beautiful. It was, wasn't it? And I love the way they brought it up as well. Yeah. Yeah, really lovely. Yes, it was very cinematic, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. Um That was that was I mean, I didn't even know Phil, but oh, how sad. Mm. Poor yeah. Jill. Yeah. Um nice way to go though. Cup of tea by the fire in peace. No one there. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'll pop off now. Yeah. Um, uh, he, he also says about, he was whinging about the lack of Pip, that we'd had the whole Archer family and no Pip last week. So he's now delighted. Said, what did I say? I could sense she was coming back. What a great business <laughs> idea. How would Brookfield cope without her keen business mind? Also, it's does Ruth... Oh, man. 
Does Ruth need a thesaurus? Does she only know the adjectives shiny and tatty? <laughs> Yours sincerely, the Pip Archer fan club. So about that business idea, I mean, in all seriousness, mm. I came up with... Uh, I sat at the pub last week watching the rugby and uh, the boys and I came up with not one but several business ideas along the same lines um, in the pub over a couple of pints. It wasn't exactly Did you? John Harvey Jones, was it? Yes, yeah, yeah. The pub here? Yes. What ideas did you come up with? Well, about the about the, the pub of the golf club and so on. Oh. I, did, I did tell you about it, yes. Um, but yes, it's not, it wasn't exactly John Harvey Jones stuff, was it? <laughs> Let's see if we can get Gay Grables to possibly say something nice about us at some point. Well, someone said on Twitter, if I was having a really swanky spa weekend at Gay Grables, the last thing I'd want to do is yes. go schlepping around some f- filthy old cow patty farm. Well, yeah, right. And right, honestly, if Gay <laughs> Grables wanted to do a barn dance, so they could just do their own barn dance, yeah. couldn't they? They've got Doesn't gazebos they to be and everything. No. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, I mean, no, do we know, impressed. is Gay Grables actually open now? I, uh, I mean, I guess it, must it must be because Brad's working yeah. there. So bless him. I well, they, he's were, not... they were a couple of weeks away from opening and that was, you know, a month or six But I want ago, to know right? how it's going. No do one tells know, me anything. Really? Yes, I do. I do. Okay. No, I love <laughs> Gay Grables. It's my favourite building in, um, in Ambridge. It's my favourite it? business Okay. Of all Ambridge businesses. <coughs> business. Business. Businesses. <laughs> it's my favourite business. Right. Uh, we are now crossing over to BBC Radio Borchester. BBC Radio Borchester. Where, um, Radio Borchester or Borsetshire? I don't know. I change Radio it every time. Borsetshire. It's Borsetshire. It's Borsetshire. Um, uh, where Febreze is dispensing advice. Radio Borsetshire. Colin, Colin, please can I have special broadcasting footstool for my special broadcasting seat? I have injury. I did mini golf with Graham. It is new and I was hoping there would be gala opening with goodie bag. But there was just grumpy teenager with spot who charges £12 each. And Arison and Fallon having argument. And I hurt my leg. I was wearing my wedge eel boots and I slip over on a very tricky shot, twist my ankle and bent my windmill. Three out of ten would not recommend. Have you been? No. Oh, oh now. Oh. Hello, hello, it is me, Fabrizio Felpersham, looking like I have just stepped out of the salon. Because I have. I hope you all had a lovely Valentine's Day, and although I am supposed to say it does not matter if you did not, because it is commercial, but only people who did not get card say that. I got lots, even one from my broadband provider with special offer, which just show how irresist I am. This week, I will be handling queries. In my time being a style guru, influencer and professional stylist, I have get to know many intimate facts about my clients. I am very discreet 
and to never share, except sometimes on Facebook if I have had a Prosecco and forget. So, I ask on Twitter, please send me your problem, and I am aunt of agony, and will give you advice which is style, practical, and occasionally brusque, because we all need that now and again. First up, we have one from Rachel Kennedy, who say she have a friend who work in a dairy. Can you advise my friend how she can lighten up her life without resorting to practical jokes on a daily basis? And what at go best with an air net? Okay, first the air net. No at go with air net. You just have to accept look like inner sharpie. I would say style it up a little and maybe some glitter, a few flowers and a feather poke through the hole, like Adam does. And now the more difficult one. If you are so miserable in your job that you have to do practical joke, Leave. Practical jokes are only done by people who are on verge of nervy breakdown or have zero, none, sense of humour. Oh, it is very funny that you have pulled my chair out behind me or put my lunch on top of the toilet. It just shows how stupid is a practical joke that the people who have it done to them don't laugh because they are too busy working out if they have to throw their lunch in the bin now. So, the only people that laugh are the people who knew what the joke was in the first place. It is not very funny, and I think you should have to involve the police if someone do one on you. Maybe they should not have to go to prison, but just be tingle a bit with a taser. Yes. Now, what is next? Oh, this is from Fluffy Ollie. Hello, Febreze. I have a sensitive issue for which I would appreciate your help. I had my air done recently by Chelsea Orobin, and I'm really not pleased with it, but I'm very anxious about approaching her with my complaint. Any advice would be appreciated. Well, Fluffy Ollie, now, I wonder if you were fluffy before Chelsea Orobin got hold of you with her diffuser. Anyway, I think you probably should never have gone to her in first place, so my sympathy is limit. You have an exclusive but reasonable price salon with international stylist guru at Elm. But no, you choose to go to vaping adolescent with no salon who cut air in kitchen with a tea towel round shoulder and wash it in Carex. It is your own fault. However, maybe you were bully into it because I know she use sales tic tacs that are a bit scary sometimes. I mean, often... People don't even realise she is cutting their air until she is halfway through. I would be gentle and say it did not look how you imagined it. You would like her to refund you as you are going to have it redone and then get a voucher from her for Febreze of Felpersham. Now, we have Sarah Mattox who say, Dear Febreze, I have a friend who has fallen for a horsey type, but I find him a complete arse. How should I try and warn her off? Oh, Sarah, this is also very tricky. Orsi people are often not very clever, as they spend a lot of time wheeling poo about in a little cart. Clever people don't do that. So, you will have to be very, very clear when you talk to your friend to make her understand. Maybe draw her a picture, or if you are not arty, well, I was going to say take her out for a drink and a chat, 
but I think I know who you might be talking about, so that is not a very good idea. I think probably spend more time with his mother. That should do it. This is from Marmaduke. Is that another one of Linda Smell's grandchildren? Uh, oh, dear Febreze, I'm a divorced vet, and to be honest, I have let my air care routine lapse. I tend to wash it in anti-tick dog shampoo samples left by the rep, and trim it from time to time with a oof-cutting knife. But now I have met someone I want to impress. Any tips? Oh my god! I did a bit of sicky in my mouth. If this person I've already met you, looking like Leonardo DiCaprio in The Revenant, then anything you do will be an improvement. Pop in and see me. Retinol sculpt, eyelash tint and lift, eyebrow wax, air reshape, eye lights, low lights, backsack and crack, filler and tan. Just the basic for starter. If you are lucky, she will forget you ever smell like a garden shed in heavy rain. Right, that is it. I am exhausted. Email me your problem or tweet them and I will give you the benefit of my wiseness. Bye! Radio Borsetshire Thank you very much, Febreze. Uh, Thanks, Febreze. He's very good, isn't he? He's yeah? very... <laughs> I wonder who plays what a talent! What a talented man. It's Cooper. Um, I yeah, think well, yeah. that uh, we ought to, as they were real people messaging in then, we ought yes. to tell people that legally you, you, are, you, are, you are not bound no. to follow any of Febreze's no, no, advice. No. In fact, we uh, strongly these, recommend. It, it, exactly, yes. Mm. Oh, these, these actions are being uh, performed by professionals. By professional uh, idiots. Do not. Yes. Yes. But <laughs> do not try this at home. Um, your, the value of Febreze's advice can go down as well as up. up. We're just mostly down, really. Just go yes, downer yeah, than most, before. Yeah, I mean, it just starts down, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. You know? Uh, so that's <clears> it. Um, is if it? You, yes, that's it. We've done everything. Crikey. We've done all of the things. Um, if you'd right. like to leave us a review, that would be super smashing, lovely, great. Well, uh, if it's a if it's a five star review, if it's one of yes. those the one star reviews, then maybe yeah, don't give it a swerve. Go and do something else. Yeah. Make a cup of tea. Or Skip something. it. Mm. Save yourself the time. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but if you've enjoyed it, please give us a review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you like. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, on Twitter at on Ambridge. Febreze is at Fabulous Febreze. Or you can email us at AmbridgeOnTheCouch at gmail.com. That's AmbridgeOnTheCouch at gmail.com. Um, and now we're going to uh, play out with the forgotten, well, not forgotten, it, the cut it off Pulp Fiction, Archers well, from last see, week. let's see, shall we? Uh, so, assuming Harriet will presumably be back from skiing next week. Three stone lighter, having had gastroenteritis. So, uh, and... <laughs> There's not that much of Harriet to start with. I know, I know. I think it's the children, not her, that's got it. Oh, okay. The green rose. Oh, well, that's fine. But, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yes. Uh, and children are very resilient. With nothing in plaster, so that's very good. Um so, uh, yes, so bye-bye to everybody. Um, love you very much. And we will speak to you next week. 
Yes. Bye. <laughs>